In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth and begin with Scripture, tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too are called to work for the salvation of souls. Instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip, that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, and welcome to the St. Philip Institute podcast. I am Stacy Tresankos, the Executive Director of Bishop Joseph Strickland's St. Philip Institute. We are an institute in the Diocese of Tyler charged with creating a teaching structure throughout the diocese and reaching beyond the diocese to, in general and overall, teach the Catholic faith. In our podcast, we put different issues on the table and we examine them in the light of Catholic faith. So we can talk about how to navigate life in the light of faith. The issue that I am talking to you about today, just me to you, not me, Dr. Stacy, Executive Director, just me, Stacy Tresankos, talking to you as a mother and an educator myself. I'm talking to you about something that we have started in the Institute this year, this academic school year, called Simply Faith Formation Online. Now, it is the answer to what we perceive uh, as, a, as an opportunity during this context of COVID-19 to actually reach into the homes of the families in the diocese and help build the domestic church. So let me back up a little bit. I have a background in science and, and I've, I've taught science classes, I've worked in science labs, and as a director of this institute, I, I bring, um, I can't help it, I bring my scientific m mode of thinking into everything I do. And I do something uh, that I, I, t I, I teach my students, but uh, it's, it's something called systematic thinking, certainly not novel to me. Systematic thinking, but what I mean by that is it's similar to what we do when we publish scientific papers. You first have to look at the overall field of research. If you're a scientist and you write a paper that's published in a journal, you write a background first. And you're saying to the world, this is the background of this experiment that I did. Here's how it fits into all the research that came before me. So you step back and you look at the background. And then you do your experiment. And in the paper, you report your results. And so you get then very detailed. So you're not in the background anymore, you're very detailed, and you're presenting the results and the data and the measurements and the calculations. And, um, and then at the very end of the scientific paper, you once again step back out, but now you take your research and you position it back into the rest of the field so that you can provide some guidance going forward in scientific research. And so that's how scientific papers are laid out. And I'm, 
I'm talking about the same kind of systematic thinking where you look at both the big picture and the details simultaneously as it applies to catechesis and evangelization here in the Diocese of Tyler. So one thing we always are asking ourselves in the Institute is how do we teach the Catholic faith? And I know every one of you catechists out there, priests, and especially parents raising children in the Catholic faith, you are constantly asking yourselves, how do I teach my children the Catholic faith? How do I raise them in the faith? How do I teach them right from wrong? How do I teach them to lead lives of faith and navigate issues as adults someday in the light of faith? How, how do I, I do more than just teach them to memorize prayers and lines from the catechism? How do I teach them how to apply our beautiful Catholic faith, the truths that Christ revealed in their own lives and own it? And so we think here very hard in the Institute uh, because Bishop Strickland does and because that's what he's charged us to do and that's and because we're parents ourselves and that's just what we do we think very hard about how to teach the Catholic faith and in doing that we follow Bishop Strickland's Constitution on Teaching. If you haven't read this yet, um, I recommend that you do. Um, it, it's not just for the Diocese of Tyler. It, it's like everything we do in the Institute. It's for our diocese, but it's also meant to be done um, so well that it could, it could be useful beyond the diocese. In the Constitution for Teaching, in the very beginning, Bishop Strickland calls for a new emphasis on teaching, and I want to read what he wrote in the opening paragraphs. In this Constitution, I, Bishop Strickland, am challenging all members of the Diocese of Tyler to be like the deacon and evangelist Philip. Go and join up with all the people of East Texas and instruct them in the richness of the Catholic Church, founded and instituted by Jesus Christ. We look to encounter, accompany, and offer each and every person the beautiful truths of the Catholic faith. This is an audacious goal, but with God all things are possible, and we entrust our mission to him through the intercession of St. Philip the Evangelist. And that's where we get our name. So we're not just asking how to teach the faith then if you understand what it means in the big picture to teach the catholic faith we're really asking the question how do we build the domestic church because parents are the first teachers of their children so the solution to teaching the catholic faith is to build the domestic church and so in our diocese when we came to this situation last march um, of 2020, the year that will go down in infamy, we were faced with the situation of COVID-19, and all of a sudden, all of our children were homeschooled. All of our children were suddenly doing school at home in an online environment. And a lot of people had to ask the question about, a lot of educators and parents had to ask the question about how do you teach a child not, not the faith, but in, in public school or, or our schools, how do you teach them math and, and history and science and um, all of their classes? How do you teach that in an online environment? And we learned a lot. 
And I, I said from the beginning going into that, it's going to be a painful time, but humans are meant, I mean, God created us in his image and likeness with intellect and free will. We will innovate during this time. In that innovation, we at the Institute decided that there was really a unique situation with COVID-19 and the newfound um, ability to do online teaching among our families in the diocese. So let me back up a little bit about online teaching. So we're, if you step back and look at the big picture we're in just with online teaching right now, there already were a lot of institutions trying to form online academies. And me personally, I had a lot of experience with that uh, simply because that's where my life led me. I was a chemist working for DuPont before, before I was ever Catholic, and I decided um, to stay home in my 30s to leave that job and stay home and raise my children and, and to be a stay-at-home mom. And, and I was becoming Catholic and open to life and told God that I welcomed as many children as he would give me, and my husband and I had four daughters in five years and then a son. And I already had two children who were um, teenagers at that time. So you kind of, to do that, to leave a career, stay home, be open to life, have a lot of children, and then ask yourself as a new Catholic, how do I raise them in the faith? You kind of have to blow everything up that you thought you knew and say, and, and you do this as a scientist, so I was already comfortable with it. You have to say, what is the real problem I'm trying to solve here? I don't need to stick with the conventional methods of teaching to if that's not what's best for my kids. So in that spirit of thinking outside the box and, and blowing it all up and reevaluating everything I thought I knew, I decided to homeschool. And so I, I, I was home for 15 years with my children, and we spent a good number of those years homeschooling our children. In homeschooling our children, that's how I first became aware of online education, not for them, for me. So I'm a stay-at-home mom with a bunch of little kids who are homeschooling, and I needed something of my own. And I started with Holy Apostles College and Seminary back in 2010 in their, online, their new online master's degree in theology program. And I thought it was the neatest thing because I could get a master's degree in theology and learn more about my new faith, my new Catholic faith, without ever leaving my home. And let me tell you something, if you're a new mom and a lot of you are shaking your heads because you've since done the same thing, you know exactly what I'm talking about. A lot of professionals have done this. If you really can't leave your home very easily, being able to get a degree online like that, a master's degree in theology, is a real gift because I never could have done it if I had had to leave home. It wouldn't have even been possible. So online education made something possible for me that I didn't have access to otherwise. So there, there were things about online education I even thought then aren't perfect would be better to be in a classroom, but nevertheless, in totality, the gift of online education made something available that wouldn't have been otherwise. Okay, later on, so, so I know online education as a student. Later on, as a mother, when my children got older 
And they started learning things. So I could teach them physics and chemistry, right, and some math. But as they started learning Latin and um, history and things that I was not an expert in, I again encountered this drive for online education at Colby Academy in Napa, California. They were forming in 2014, they started forming an online academy. So they were forming an academy, a united effort, their whole institution with a set of classes for high school. They've since gone into junior high and elementary, but at the time it was just the high school ages. So what that meant for me as a mother at that time was I, I had just gotten a master's degree online, and so I thought it was a good idea. And I was delighted to discover that Colby Academy was offering online classes for junior high and high school students. And that meant the classes I could not teach my older kids, I had a way to have a professional teacher come into my home, so to speak, through the internet and teach my kids. My daughters learn to speak Latin because of Colby Academy's excellent teacher um, who taught them Latin. And my daughters developed a real relationship with him. That teacher was even in Germany for a while teaching my daughters in upstate New York from Germany. So I saw it work. I also then, so I'm a parent, student parent with online education. I also, during that time, was helping Colby Academy build their science department. So I was teaching online physics and chemistry classes. So I've seen this issue of online education from a number of different angles, student, parent, and teacher, and and even their department chair for a year um, as an administrator thinking really hard about what it takes with online education to make it work. Bring all of that background to the details of our present time. At the St. Philip Institute, we decided that going into the fall of 2020, when Students in our diocese were not sure if they were going to be going back to school or not, and and so most of them are back at school, but we're living under this expectation that if the COVID-19 virus starts to spread, they could be home again from one day to the next. With all of that attitude and also with all of the children having been doing online education so it forced everybody to to gain an appreciation for using zoom and um, other conference apps on on our internet it forced people into getting used to doing online classes with all of that we said you know it's possible that priests and parents and catechists at parishes throughout our diocese will have a hard time establishing CCD and RCIA classes. So why don't we, you know, I I know a lot of parents were sick of their kids doing online school at home because the kids needed to get out and socialize, totally there on that. But why don't we offer a full set of CCD and RCIA classes in English and Spanish, and the CCD classes in just English, why don't we offer the full set of a faith formation structure online? 
That way, if priests or catechists at different parishes find that they cannot get catechists to come to the church and hold live classes because maybe they're not comfortable with it, or even if parents discover that although their kids are back in school all the time, if they discover that, you know what, getting kids to the church on Wednesday night is difficult. You rush home, you feed them dinner, you get homework done, you got to drag them back out to the church. I personally have had a lot of difficulty getting my kids to do that. By the time they get to church, they're tired. and It's not a great experience for them in CCD class. What if we just offered all of these classes online and churches, parishes who were struggling, or even parents who were struggling, now that they've learned how to do online classes, what if we just made this available and said, the St. Philip Institute, just like Bishop Strickland envisioned, is here providing a teaching structure throughout the diocese with what we learned from COVID-19 and getting used to doing online school. Maybe it's not great for everything, but maybe it does solve a problem with CCD and RCIA. What if we just offered that? Because what I envisioned, to go to the conclusion now, what I envisioned happening was, instead of the kids getting back in the car and going back to the church, what if they could just sit at the table and have dinner or a snack with their parents? Or maybe their parents are in the background washing dishes or doing things in the house. But through the internet, to their laptop, computer, desktop, phone, tablet, whatever, the St. Philip Institute would be reaching out into the homes of families, not, not the parish, but families, the domestic church, teaching the Catholic faith. And so that was our vision for faith formation online. It's not required. It's totally optional. Thanks to funding from the Bishop's Annual Appeal, we were able to offer this totally free to every family in our diocese. And we set it up on our website. It's very easy to enroll. You just enter an email address, and then we can communicate to you. And we've been doing it for two weeks now. And we have grown significantly from the first week to the second. We have about 600 families enrolled in the program now. Uh, last night, our third to fourth grade CCD class had 87 students in it, and we are. And our other classes have between 30 and 50 students in them. Uh, and you got to know the diocese of Tyler for everybody outside the diocese. It's a very big diocese, 23,000 square miles. It's five hours to drive lengthwise, four hours to drive width. It's a very spread out diocese. Less than 4% Catholic in the area, though. So we're all spread out from each other. It seems like what's happening is for the families who want it and for the priests who want it and parishes who want it and DREs and catechists who want it, we are actually doing it. We're reaching into the homes, providing teaching of the faith, and um, helping build the domestic church. We are now having to look at investing more funds to increase our technology capabilities. And we also are looking at paying the catechists who teach these classes for us. I know um, in a lot of places, catechists are not compensated, but we've decided they should be. 
and we're going to raise that money to help pay for the catechist. Because here's, here's the last point I want to make. With everything I've said, what I have come to believe in my experience, again, as a mother, I've raised kids before I was Catholic, I've raised kids as a Catholic, I've been parenting for 30 years, I've been an educator, I've been an administrator, I've been a student, um, and more than anything, I'm a mom and a child of God, and I know that every day on this earth is a gift, and we are supposed to use that gift to get ourselves to heaven and get other people to heaven, too. We're supposed to lead our fan- friends and family, the people that God puts in our life, to heaven. Here's the thing I've learned about a successful online experience, and I'm saying this for the people in the diocese, and I'm also saying it for anybody else out there who might be thinking about doing a faith formation online program in your diocese, or even a class in your parish, whatever it is. Stacy Tresankos's opinion here, the number one thing that matters for having a successful online classroom, whether it's physics, chemistry, dogmatic theology, interiority, and conversion, like some classes I teach at Seton Hall, whatever it is, the number one critical thing in a successful online classroom is that the teacher must be able to connect with the student. I would argue in any classroom, anywhere, that is the most important thing. It's not what you've got hanging on the walls. It's not how pretty the building looks. It's not how comfortable the desks are. It's not even the quality of the textbooks or the teaching materials or the sophistication of the technology. It's that teacher's ability to teach his or her subject with enthusiasm and love and compassion and empathy and care for the students in front of him or her. You have got to care about what you're teaching and who you're teaching. It is even more important in an online environment because you're not going to be physically in a room together looking at people, reading body language. You are on these little boxes on a computer screen if you even see them at all. Maybe it's just a name. Maybe it's just a list of names. Um, You've even more than ever got to communicate passion for learning and in this case passion for learning the revealed truths of Christ that that God gave us to learn how to live our lives and so that's what it takes and we're invested in finding catechists who can do that and supporting them as catechists who do that Um, so so that's that's where we are. I'm hoping this program will at least double by next year. We are going to need more money to keep making it work, but I'm confident that what we need will be available. And what I would like to leave you with is um, a request for your ideas and feedback. You can email me, Stacy Tresenko, well, S. Tresenkos at stphilipinstitute.org. It's on our website. Or you can even email us um, podcast at stphilipinstitute.org, philip with one L, stphilipinstitute.org, or just look on our website. I would like to hear your ideas and feedback because I think it would be pretty neat if one thing we, the human race, learned from COVID-19 is that after all of it, when everything settles and starts to get back to normal, we, have, we will have found a better way to reach right into the domestic church and teach the Catholic faith. Thank you.